We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven, and I'm the host coming to you live after a dominant defensive performance from the Chargers uh, and Mr. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Tuli Tuipoloto, all those guys shine tonight. Uh, Chargers get a much-needed win on Monday Night Football, 27-6 to over the New York Jets. Uh, can't wait to dive into all of this with my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How you doing tonight? Great, man. That was nice. That was a really, really <laughs> solid win. I knew that I'd be frustrated watching the game for sure. I think anyone expecting you know, a big offensive performance was not watching or paying attention to the Jets. But I'll say I didn't expect a 21-point win for the Chargers. That is the most a team has beaten the Jets this entire season in terms of point differentials. So pretty good. And my mom went uh, 9 for 10 on prize picks picks this week and won $450. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so she's doing pretty well. Congrats yeah, to salute. you as well, mom. Yeah. Salute, man. That's uh that's what a night for uh, Miss Andrea Shun. That's uh that's fantastic. So uh, a ton to dive into in this game. You, like you mentioned uh, the chargers officially get 20 points on offense, the seven points from the special teams. Most points the jets have given up all season long. Offense was not perfect. But, uh, man, the Chargers played this basically exactly how you had to play this one uh, and ultimately got the win. So um, super excited to dive into this. The Chargers are 4-4 four and four now. They're back at 500. Um, they're half a game out of the wild card spot in the AFC. So the Chargers, this, is, this was a huge win. Like, we 
needed to see this kind of performance from the Chargers. It's one thing to do it against the Bears. It's another thing to do it against the Jets team that is very good. The offense has some issues for sure, but the Jets team is is very good. Should could potentially be in this playoff hunt all the way out the rest of the way. So uh, Chargers go into the Meadowlands and get a massive win. If you would have told me 24 hours ago that Dayon Henley and Nick Neiman and, and all these backups <laughs> and Isang Bassi were going to be in the game, I would have said you were crazy. Uh, so this is this is a huge potentially momentum building performance from the Chargers. Uh, and then, you know, we'll dive into some specifics here. But Tyler, uh, have to before we dive into the takeaways, have to give a massive, massive shout out to Mr. Keenan Allen. Uh, going over 10,000 yards for his career on one of the best catches of his career also seems pretty fitting. Yeah. Um, you've said this a couple of times, Keenan's favorite player on your team. One of my favorite players ever. I unfortunately did not get the privilege to watch Keenan Allen's rookie season. I was in mm. Mexico without the ability to watch TV. Um, but just a guy that I always know what I'm getting from Keenan Allen, just consistency, the ability to give his quarterback uh, easy catches. And we saw that tonight. The offense was basically Keenan Allen. Um, and so just a a awesome tip of the cap for him to do it in that kind of stance, in that kind of instance. 10,000 yards is no joke, especially to do it for one team in today's modern football. And um, just super appreciative of all of the times that we get to watch Keenan Allen and come out here and, and play football. And uh, it was it was a great moment, man. It really was to see Keenan get 10,000 yards on Monday Night Football in that kind of performance. Just a uh, big hat tip for him, for sure. Amazing. You know, we, we sort of felt this was going to happen. You know, primetime Keenan Allen. He just is a guy who, not that he like craves the spotlight. I don't mean that by anything, but like, He's a musical guy. You know, he just, there's something about him where he kind of is like, this is a kind of moment. It's like poetic is what it, what it felt like to get that tonight. And we weren't sure because nothing really happened in the first half. Maybe yeah. outside of one catch, maybe. But in the second half, and I'll have to try to look at why or who or what, but they really found ways to start getting him the football more. Actually, it was the end of the end of the first half, a two-minute drive. That helped. And then it's in the, in the second half. Um, with that play, fantastic play. I mean, this was the offensive rookie of the year runner-up in 2013 to Eddie Lacy. Yeah, and, you know, a, a guy that wasn't supposed to really be playing that year. A guy that, you know, with us be Malcolm Floyd and Antonio Gates and all these guys. Floyd goes down, and here we are. Now we're over 10,000, or he's over 10,000 receiving yards. And you know, I think somebody asked him recently, "What, what do you have left? What are your goals?" And he said, "I'm gonna go catch Antonio Gates." And at the rate he's going. He'll do it. He'll do it next season. So it's it's an honor and privilege to watch him. Ten thousand receiving yards is is ridiculous, unfathomable. That's such a long time to be playing, long time to be productive, remain productive, and he's kind of in like the best spot of his career right now too, in terms of how he's playing and and the way they're using him. Like he's he's gonna go a little bit further than ten thousand when all said and done. Yeah, we kind of sensed a big season from him in training camp when he was just cooking the saints dbs he was cooking the chargers dbs which might not be saying all that much but uh you know he had the best training camp of his career you know and as long as he's able to stay healthy you know he's gonna be able to perform and he's getting open at such a high rate and kellen moore is using him to perfection i think it's the best thing that kellen moore is doing right now is using keenan allen vertically and getting him those kind of touches um it's been a true treat to see so um it's 
it's a shame that those two major injuries happened because, you know, if not for the lacerated kidney and the torn ACL, this probably would have already happened a couple of years ago. Um, but just such a model of consistency, just such a playmaker and a guy that we can always count on to, you know, come in and do his job. So, uh, yes, hopefully he stays healthy the rest of the way. The Chargers definitely need him, obviously, without Mike Williams and, and Josh Palmer out there. Um, but, man, it was it was great to see him get that uh, moment tonight, uh, sign that ball with 10,000 career yards. Just a great thing to see tonight. Yeah, that that's beautiful. I, I'm glad he got to do that. I'm glad he got to do it on that catch. Um, amazing. All right, Tyler. Uh, so 27 to six, Keenan Allen uh, obviously gets the the start of the show here. But uh, I, I think obviously we can go in a number of different directions here. But uh, to me, I, I think we we saw a visual representation of how important it is for quarterbacks to perform under pressure tonight. Mm. Um, you know, the Chargers and Jets defensive lines were both very, very active in this one. We kind of figured that it would be a bit of a slog for the the Chargers offense. But the this Chargers defensive line, man, got after Zach Wilson, and he was just unable to handle that kind of pressure. So Joey, Khalil, and Thule each get two sacks. Morgan Fox gets another sack. Um, as it currently stands, ESPN has given uh, Dean Marlowe a sack. I think that will be corrected. I don't remember Dean Marlowe getting a sack tonight. Um, but when the Chargers pass rush is, is cooking like this, the Chargers really can uh, beat anybody out there. I don't know. Obviously, the, the Jets' deep offensive line is is having their own issues right now. But, um, you know, I, I said after the Chiefs game, after watching that tape, that Joey was really starting to look like himself. And tonight he shined bigger than anybody else on this Chargers team. I think to me, Joey was the best player on the field uh, on either side of the football today. So Joey had a huge game. Khalil was fantastic. And uh, so was Thule. Thule had some awesome moments as well. But this Chargers pass rush man just got after it tonight and almost single-handedly won them the game. Yeah, so as Thomas Martinez points out, Marlowe chased Zach Wilson out of bounds. He lost a yard on that final drive. Ah, uh, yes. So that, will, that will go down as a sack. Which, you know, hey, that's awesome. Wait, like, Shout out to you, Marlowe. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Like, garbage time. Get in there. Pad your stats. Get a sack. You know, it looks great in negotiations for next year. That's awesome. <laughs> the, the defense was just, I mean, the defensive line in particular was just relentless. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I feel like with the Chargers, even kind of against the Bears, like there was the initial sack by Joey Bosa. And then it wasn't really a whole lot the rest of the way. A little bit of pressure, but also the way they were throwing it, you know, how quickly they were throwing it the previous week and what they were doing. You know, not a ton of opportunities. It just, this entire game, this game, it was just a sack. And maybe they'd you know not get one on the next drive, but then they'd have two sacks. Um, and Joey Bosa knocking them out of field goal range, strip sack, you name it. Like the defense was just relentless. And I think they're going to even an earlier point in this game. I really feel like that punt return for a touchdown by Darius Davis allowed everything to just change yeah. in terms of the demeanor, personality, whatever for this Chargers team on offense and maybe, but also on the defense. It's like it's house money. You know, you just got a free touchdown against a team that does not score. Like, you can just go. Yeah. And it really felt like, you know, these guys just kind of knew it. Like, it was blood in the water immediately. And the defense just got to get after it. And again, the, the defensive line um, against the run was great. Again, I think it was maybe leakier than usual, but they ran it so much today, I felt like. Um, but overall, I thought it was really solid again. And yeah, the, this pass rush, the, the difference between Joey Bosa not healthy and healthy is so evident. And 
you know, when the Chargers posted your comment on Joey Bosa, like returning to form and how good this pass rush is going to be, knew immediately what the comments were going to be, right? <laughs> like, it's the Bears, it's the offensive, you know, off. Yeah. And look, yes, he it still is also was. The, yeah. Yes, it is also still the Jets and Zach Wilson and their injuries. I get that. But like, you can't tell me after Joey Bosa is like forklifting the right tackle for the fourth play of the game, yeah. like that he doesn't look a lot better when he's yeah. healthy. And I, again, we we joke about it, but yeah, not having a hamstring injury, not having a, a fractured toe, like those things help. You know, you look a little bit better when you're not super duper injured. So it was just it was just great to see. And then defensively, then just also get Khalil Mack involved, get Thule involved. Like it was just. It was beautiful. It was chaos. You know, they pulled the starters and, you know, Otito's getting a pressure and then Nick yeah. is getting a pressure. Like, it didn't matter. Like, this whole defensive front was just on it all night. Yeah, I loved so much that Dean Marlowe and Nick Neiman stood <laughs> up that tight end at the half-yard line. No touchdown for you, sir. Um, but it was just the defense in general, man. And people are pointing this out in the chat. I think that first specific pass breakup by Alohi Gilman just really set the tone. And then the next drive, there was a sack, and and Derwin James came down and uh, had a huge hit on, I think it was Dalvin Cook. Those mm. two are just playing, they play so much better when they're next to each other. Mm. And mm-hmm. they just feed off of each other. And we, you know, Daniel Popper pointed out before the game that, that Derwin James was super fired up and, and was, you know, shoving Justin Herbert around. And like everybody was, was extremely energetic heading to, into this game. And, uh, they were also energetic heading into the Cowboys game. So sometimes that's really hit or miss. But um, the defense really just came out and set the tone early. You know, um, the way that Elohi Gilman played, the way that Derwin played, the pass rush just hit immediately. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about heading into the in, into this game is the, the Jets having such an average third and long distance to go on a weekly basis. And that's what you have to do to play this team. Whenever you have a a secondary that's kind of struggling and be a quarterback that's struggling, you have to stop the run first and then you have to get after the passer. And so, you know, they they hold Brees Hall 16 carries, 50 yards, 100 percent job done, mission accomplished. There was definitely some runs here and there that, you know, Brees Hall is Brees Hall and he's a really good running back. And, you know, he had a couple spins and and forced some missed tackles. but you played the run extremely well like that, and then you can just tee off. And that was for both sides. Unfortunately, the, the Jets got <laughs> to do that as well. Yeah. Um, but this Chargers defense just set the tone early. They were physical at the at the catch point for, for these Jets receivers. They um, were physical in the run. There were several times where these Chargers edge rushers, as they have done all season long, are just closing space and putting Jets offensive linemen or tight ends just on their asses. And it was just, it was a treat to watch like this. When we were back in training camp, watching the defense, like this was, this was the vision. Like this was the unit that we were expecting to see on a week to week basis. Unfortunately, we've had some roadblocks uh, along the way, but they've played very, very well over the last two weeks. Uh, and, And Joey pointed this out afterwards. They had a tough two game stretch as a defense, as a team. And for them to come out and play this way over the last two weeks, you have to tip your cap. Of course, the the two teams are not great offenses by any means, but the Bears hung 30 on the Raiders three weeks ago, and we've seen this Jets team hang tough against the Chiefs. So it's any given Sunday in the NFL, and the Chargers defense deserves a lot of credit for the way that they played tonight. Yeah, really, really, I mean, 
the fact that Wilson had to throw 49 times this game uh, is bonkers. I didn't expect that. But yeah, I, no. this Brees Hall, I felt like, was the one running back on the schedule where regardless of offensive line play, he could definitely break it for more. And I think the long of the day was 10 yards. Again, guys are not hitting these 30, 40 yards against the Chargers. Yeah. Um, I, I do think there was an aspect of the Jets committed five. It felt like offensive penalties that might have called back a Brees Hall run or a better play for them. So maybe there was something there, but those don't count. The ones that did, again, 16 carries, 50 yards, only 3.1 yards per carry. For the guy that leads the lead in, in rushing yards uh, over expected per attempt this season so far. So really, really impressive job from this defense. Um, you know, things change next week with Pinay Sewell, and it seems like the Lions are getting their offensive line back. It's a very, very different game. Yeah, But the ability to just you know hold up on first down against the run and be able to tee off and rush the passer like we saw the jets do tonight will be huge next week for the chargers yeah it'll be a similar recipe the lions seem like they're also getting david montgomery back they're coming off a bye so lions getting healthier but you know we'll cross that bridge when we get there um you mentioned the special teams man i mean darius davis had two huge punt returns i thought that that uh, field goal drive right before the end of the first half was huge for that team, mm-hmm. for this team. Um, and that was set up by a, a, another great Darius Davis return. Uh, I, I want to say it was like 16 yards or, or something like that. Um, and then Justin had two uh, really nice passes to Justin Herbert. I love that Brandon Staley called the timeout to get them the football back. Um, I really felt yes. like that mm-hmm. gave them the momentum heading into the locker room. I think that field goal was huge. So Darius Davis was fantastic tonight. Cameron Dicker hit another 55-yarder. J.K. Scott was solid. So, um, again, Ryan Ficken is a, a, just a wonderful human being and a fantastic coach, and he had those guys playing awesome on special teams today too. I, I love the mentality from the Chargers there with 28 seconds with yeah. the two timeouts that they had. I think it was maybe the Chiefs game or the Cowboys game where I went, oh, you're just going to take the three timeouts into the half and not I think go it was Cowboys, it. yeah. Yeah, it just was like – why not? And I get that the defense in front of you is really tough, but give it a shot. You never know. Yeah. And, you know, sure, there are negative things that can happen. You don't want Herbert to get hurt or further hurt, hurt the finger more. Obviously, you don't want to pick six or something to happen. But I think you can trust Herbert to make the right decisions in those situations yeah. and just throw it away if you have to. You know, you don't need a field goal here necessarily. They weren't even behind. But go for it. And so I really applaud, you know, whoever made the decision, Staley, Moore, you name it to push it just a little bit more that three points was huge it was no longer the 11 point lead it went back to the 14 point lead and then they just really never let go the rest of the way so um amazing there special teams ryan ficken man like he he's gonna get a he should get a head coaching interview next year with some team will he get the job probably not but he deserves one because this this unit is just well coached everywhere I mean, you got Darius Davis, three returns on punt returns for 104 yards and the touchdown, obviously. And then you have the New York Jets who had three returns of their own for on punts for eight yards, an average of 2.7 yards. Like they got that done. Uh, Cameron yeah. Dicker, it, he's now gone from, I think he's good. He's been pretty good. Hey, he's pretty good for a rookie to just flat out. Dude, this just dude's hitting everything. Yeah. I mean, it's now three weeks in a row of, of 50 yarders. And that 55 yarder was the most casual 55 I can remember <laughs> a Chargers player hitting in a while. I mean, I think it was just yeah. down the middle. And you immediately saw it and went, yeah, I think it's got another 5, 10 yards on it. No problem. 
and he looked good. I, I love that right before that they showed him taking the water bottle and just spraying his face. <laughs> I wasn't sure, like, I'm like, okay, you know, uh, if he had missed after that, they would have really done him dirty. But you know, Cameron Dicker, man, he's just he's just on fire. He's looking amazing. 55 yarder, uh, fantastic there. Not much I can say, man. Like this, this, this special teams unit is wonderful. It's a wonderful, 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 wonderful thing for this team. And if all three phases can figure it out, they'll be very dangerous. Yeah. Uh, as uh, Eddie Saldana points out in the chat, you know, you know, you're living right as a kicker when you can doink a PAT and it still goes in. <laughs> um, so this this special teams, man, and I, I thought it was really telling too because. Uh, Ryan Ficken said this week in his press conference that the Chargers did a ton of work on uh, is his first name Xavier the the kick returner Gibson. So the Chargers did a ton of homework on Xavier Gibson, and Ryan Ficken said that they loved him. He was one of like the best returners that he evaluated. Um, and to shut him down as as a returner, just impressive, man. Like Ryan Ficken is so dialed in. And I know that there's definitely some some concern about like J- what J.K. Scott is doing and things like that. But when you have a coach like Ryan Ficken who just can consistently bring out the best of your your special teams unit, it's such a big advantage. As we all saw for several years when they were terrible on special teams, <laughs> um, just to have Ryan Ficken come in and be able to do this was was fantastic, man. And I, I think again the the punt return touchdown set the tone early for what Ryan Ficken was, was clearly looking to do. Um, just such a big advantage, you know, Deandre Carter was like a solid returner, but uh, you know, the, the preseason touchdown doesn't necessarily count, but we've seen two punt return touchdowns from Darius Davis in his very short career. And, and he's proving to be a legitimate weapon on special teams. And it's just, uh, it's a, a, a huge change for the Chargers to have a weapon of a kicker and a weapon of a returner mm-hmm. the same year. I cannot remember the last time that happened. So a uh, huge hat tip to Ryan Ficken and his unit tonight as well. Yeah. Outstanding. People are mentioning the um, Michael Davis in the chat and really the secondary as a whole. That's definitely one of where I want to pivot to next, especially with you know, yeah. John Taylor playing some special teams as well. So it sounds like unofficially so far, John Taylor allowed 33 yards, Davis, 14 ASJ, 41, and who am I looking for next? I guess that's it. I, I feel like Wilson's players. two big plays were linebackers. Yeah, yeah, it was. So so Murray allowed 54. Again, it's all unofficial, so I don't know officially. But I, I think this has got to be the best game I think that they've played. And someone mentioned earlier the Tom Telesco apology to the defensive back room, and I thought that was mm-hmm. pretty notable uh, i i know that he's getting roasted for that you know oh, apologize for the last 10 years you know I, I sure i get the frustration trust me we get the frustration but i think there's something to be said about recognizing what's going on and apologizing and fixing the mistake and correcting a mistake and it's looked a lot better the last couple of weeks and you know garrett wilson got his uh garrett wilson also gave up some but i thought the charter defensive backs probably played their best game of the year, um, at least in terms of the three corners. I think Derwin looked pretty good today. Um, Alohi obviously looked great. So just more connected. And, and when Jaw Taylor is playing even average or not to a, not as a liability, it looks so much better. And, yeah. you know, was I worried about the Chargers or the 
the Jets slot guys, no. But as we talked about, it's like they they don't have a second guy or even a third guy. <laughs> and we saw what like their wide receiver too is Alan Lazard. We saw how unhelpful he could be. Yeah. But still, like John Taylor, it was clearly by far his best game as a slot corner this season. And that momentum is going to have to continue the next week. Yeah, he's going to have a much bigger challenge uh, next week against Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, but I think he just played more confident tonight. I, I think you saw him come up on rally as a tackler. You know, there are a couple times where he was in really good phase on uh, Gibson. And I think uh, I forget the other guy, whoever was like wide receiver five or whatever for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought he played well tonight. I thought the secondary as a whole had some good moments. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I think it's just kind of spearheaded by Alohi and, and Derwin right now, what they're able to do as a safety tandem when they're together. Um, as long as the Chargers are getting that kind of physical play from the two of those guys, I think it's I think they're in good shape. Again, next week it, it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle what Amon Ross St. Brown is able to do because he's like exclusively a slot guy. Like C.D. Lamb, you know, the Cowboys moved him around quite a bit against the Chargers, and that was really kind of like their big adjustment after after their start to the season. But Amon Ross St. Brown is exclusively a slot guy. You have Sam Laporta as well, who works a lot from the slot. So it's going to be a much bigger challenge. You know, I, I had to laugh at the the Jets tight ends who I, I wanted the Chargers to go trade for one. And then both of them looked like shit today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, CJ Ozama had a touchdown right in his belly and just could not mm-hmm. corral it. So um, much bigger test next week for the defense as a whole. Um, but the secondary played well today. The defense played well today. I thought Eric Hendricks and Kenneth Murray both had some fantastic reps against the run mm-hmm. as they have had the past few weeks. So again, the the Jets offense is is not good, but they've had some moments and the defense, you still have to come out and execute. And the defense was fantastic tonight. I mean, there are no touchdowns allowed for the Jets uh, against the Jets. You take that 10 times out of 10 and everything that has that happened today was, was you know, this, this defense, I think, is really uh, rounding into form, so to speak. Again, much much tougher test next week. But a lot of playing defense is just confidence, man. And we we know that the Chargers' defense is at least talented, and we know that Brandon Staley has had some moments as a game planner. Like, a lot of playing defense is just confidence and and physicality and toughness, and, and the Chargers are seemingly getting a lot of uh, positive vibes over the last couple of weeks. So hopefully they can continue that and uh, turn it into some good performances against better teams here in the next few weeks. Yeah, it almost seemed like it was more of a mindset switch for the the Chargers over the last couple of weeks. And they've they've said as much, right? We're going to make the celebration committee and we're going to, you know, reset and we're going to try to have some more fun. Um, again, I understand who they played. And I looked at the last time the Chargers won two games in a row by double digits. And it was against the Nick Foles Colts and Baker Mayfield Rams last season. So again, I, I get that the people that they're playing factors a lot here but it just seems like they're playing a tick faster you know yeah. derwin i'm not gonna lie i thought he would have had a penalty on that hit just yeah. because of the way the season was going but you know with gilman back derwin healthier joey playing healthier they just are playing a tick more aggressive having a bit more fun and it just seems like it's like they were teetering on being so close and now they've just towed back across the line and it's like it's two completely different defenses and two completely different um, halves to a season so far so if they can do this next week you know hold the lions to 20 let's say gets yeah. a very very good offense i mean that, that's it's a much much better outlook for the chargers this year yeah 100 uh you know we 
I think the Chargers and us were all looking for more consistency from the defense. And these are the kind of performances that you need to really kind of build up that culture and build up that identity of being consistent on defense. And so, um, you know, as long as you have this pass rush hitting again, much more difficult challenges ahead, you'll have a chance to play good defense. It really, you know, as, as long as you can get that complimentary rush there. So, um, I do want to shift gears here. We'll, we'll take some questions and comments here as we always do in a minute, but, um, the offense, I, we kind of talked about this heading into the game. Like we're not expecting, this Chargers offense to come in and be fantastic. Um, but what did you make overall of the way that they did play? Obviously, you know, you score the 20 points, but aided by some of the turnovers and, and things like that. But uh, what did you make of the way the offense played? Half of it is valiant effort and, and half of it is really fighting against a very difficult defense and scrapping and clawing and finding ways to make it work. You know, the one true touchdown drive, um, where they had to punch it in what three separate times just to finally get the score for Eckler. Yeah, um, they got it done there. You know, the, the field goal to end the half. Like they had to punch and fight, and they knew, and we all knew uh, it ended up being easier than this. But we figured if you can get to seventeen, you're feeling pretty good. So they they just kept punching, kept fighting. So that I do admire. The other half of it is, boy, you can't do this against the Ravens. You can't do this against Detroit. You can't do this against the yeah. Bills. You know, there were just too many issues of obviously pass protection, which is nothing new, you know, and then you throw it to Austin Eckler and he has three separate drops. One of them, you know, I, I know there was like a penalty before that, but if Eckler catches that, that dump off that screen or whatever towards the beginning of the game, that's another field goal. And at the time, it's like you really, really, really need that there. But he drops that, drops a first down, drops another one that was low, but still. Um, just some issues with that. I don't remember how many penalties the Chargers had. It didn't seem like a ton, but they had a few. And it just wasn't great. And my other concern, I guess, is once again, the Joshua Kelly lack of rushing attempts, especially once again in a game where you're winning by quite a bit. And at the time, Joshua Kelly had, I think, two carries for 16 yards or whatever it was as good as it was going to get look good got four or five yards in the first carry 12 on the next one and look great and then they didn't go back to him until the fourth quarter and like the very end of it yeah i think very very late in the game uh, either way he only had three carries in the game so you know you got to find a way to be efficient to be you know find some success eckler was better as a runner today for sure that one run definitely helped and that was like a vintage eckler play but otherwise it really just felt like I don't know what it is about Eckler, but I almost feel like there's more feet stopping and lack of movement either at contact. The shiftiness is just kind of gone. Like the the jitterbug stuff, I don't know, it just seems like it's kind of gone. It's not quite the same as it once was. I don't know how to, well, I could quantify it, but just watching it, there's just something that's not there anymore. So that, the penalties that kept them in, you know, first and 15 or whatever, wasn't great. So tough to judge, right? When this offense is playing another great defense. But again, you're going to go to the postseason and you're going to face, let's say, the Bengals who are playing pretty good defense now. You're going to face the Ravens. So again, I'm talking playoffs very prematurely here, but still, you got to get this figured out. Uh, I'm glad the offense, excuse me, the defense, special teams, they rallied, help you win, but they got to look a tick better than they have recently. Yeah, like I'm not surprised that the Chargers struggled tonight on offense. You know, the Jets defense is one of the best in the league. Um, 
as Alex pointed this out, you know, they made the Eagles offense look really bad. And the Eagles offense is, is definitely better than the Chargers offense. So, um, you know, this Jets defense is nasty. The way that the Chargers consistently got to third and long situations was a concern. But they did just enough in the second half. I think they made some good adjustments in terms of like a quick passing game and things like that. Um, they took a couple of shots to uh, Keenan Allen and obviously had the big play. Um, so they did make some adjustments. I think Kelmore deserves some credit for that. But just the overall like process of today, I wasn't a huge fan of. Like you mentioned, just the the lack of running the football today. I, I like it. Just was was puzzling because you they were trying to do like these quick passing games on first down, or they would try and like take a shot on first down. And then you're kind of just like stuck. Like, you know, if you have a, an empty play on first down, you, you kind of have to keep passing. Um, so that, you know, the jets get five sacks today, you know, they hit Herbert, I think um, at least 10 times from what I, I remember. Um, but just the overall process was, was not, I wasn't crazy about it. You know, as NSN pointing out, they tried to run Austin Eckler on a choice right against Sauce Gardner. He dropped it. Like, he was open for sure. But, like, why are you running Austin Eckler against Sauce Gardner, one of the best corners, if not the best corner in the league? You know, there wasn't a whole lot of Donald Parham or Gerald Everett. So, the game plan, I thought, was just a little puzzling. Like, yeah, again, not surprised by the results that they struggled. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that Kelmore could have done a little bit more to make things easier on Justin Herbert. And it felt like they were trying to air it out from the start. And I just didn't understand that. So, um, you know, they did just enough. Like I mentioned, you know, we'll see what happens against, you know, some easier defensive lines. But it doesn't get a ton easier coming up against the next few weeks. And, you know, you have the Ravens who are probably the best defense in the league in three weeks from now. So it just it just was a little like disjointed. And again, the Jets do that to a lot of people. But I just was confused by the process at certain moments uh, from tonight. Yeah, the the Jets have so much talent at all three levels. It's not like, oh, we can just go pick on this guy this time. And so it's going to be like a big Gerald Everett game. Like that wasn't really expected. But I I just dislike with this team sometimes how there's, I mean, right now it really is just the Keenan Allen show. They scored negative points if Keenan Allen is hurt. Like they have nothing else right now Yeah. um, in, in terms of design. Uh, I even thought like Darius Davis would get more involved today. You know, you only have two backs active. So let's go with some Darius Davis. And, and that wasn't the case today. I mean, they really only needed one back active today, really. So it was just a, a surprise to see Donald Parham not get involved much. You know, Quentin Johnson, again, not involved intentionally whatsoever, um, unfortunately. Now, when Sauce Gardner is covering you, when these guys are covering you, I get it. it's very difficult. But still, like there was... Not a whole lot of intention outside of the one handoff. Um, yeah, just a, a surprise by the lack of involvement of other guys. I mean, it just feels like you don't trust that these guys are going to win their one-on-ones. You don't trust them to do their their thing, uh, which is a surprise because I feel like there's enough X-Factor stuff in this Chargers pass catcher group. You can get more out of it than just the straight one-on-ones, you know? I mean, Everett today showed after the catch how amazing he is again. Yeah. And I just feel like there was... There's like one more play in there for him, right? There has to be for Donald Parham outside of the shot to the end zone. Like there's got to be one more play in there for him, right? Like there's one more thing you can do with him. Quentin Johnson, there's got to be a screen in there you can throw, right? You know, where, where have these screens gone, by the way? Like we lost Mike Williams and we're not throwing screens anymore. Uh, just a surprise. So there's there's a couple more plays in there 
they need to farm and figure out. Yeah. And like, I just, I felt like when they did try and throw to the other guys, it was always against Sauce Gardner. Like, why are we targeting Jalen Guy in his first game back from a torn ACL on Sauce Gardner? That was you know, a surprise, yeah. I just, you know, uh, Troy Aikman pointed out that Sauce was shadowing a little bit more than usual, not a ton, but a little bit more against Quentin Johnston. So I'm not super surprised that there wasn't a ton of Quentin Johnston today. Um, again, DJ Reed also is a fantastic cornerback, yeah. um, one of the more underrated cornerbacks in the league. So again, not expected, but not not surprised by the results. But I thought that Kellen Moore could have done just a little bit more to make things easier. You know, you mentioned the Darius Davis thing. Uh, he had one target, and that was it. He didn't have a carry or anything. Um, you know, so it's just Joshua Kelly gets four touches in a game like this, where you're trying to burn the clock out and things like that. It was just a surprise. Like I, I think that. Kellen Moore just essentially was trying to survive out there. And mm -hmm. I can't blame him for that. You know, Justin Herbert was trying to survive too. Um, at the same time, they they had three or four drops. Austin Eckler, you know, chief among them had a few mm -hmm. drops. Um, so it just was a little a little off, a little disjointed. But, uh, you know, hopefully we can get some, some easier things down the road in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what did you make of the way that Herbert handled things today? Because there was obviously a lot of quarterback dis discourse happening online, as there always is. But what did you make of the way that he played? And then we'll get to some of these questions after that. I just based on tonight's watch, I thought he did a very good job surviving what was out there to the best of his abilities. The one play to. Um, Austin Eckler, we had to kind of roll and hold it and wait and wait and wait and then flip it to him. Um, that stuff was great. I think some of the movement was great. Um, so I, I thought he played fine. Um, solid yeah. given the circumstances, maybe even below average for a Justin Herbert performance, but um, it was fine. Like He was fine. Uh, I don't recall outside of the one play where he really stared down Keenan Allen. I don't remember him putting yeah. the ball in harm's way outside of that one. So mm -hmm. it was it was fine. Um, the one run that he had, I thought was huge. I think the Chargers absolutely needed that. I didn't remember if they scored a point on that drive or anything, but it really, like that one run felt so big, just a big breath of fresh air for this team. I think that was uh, the field goal drive. Um, so, mm. you know, the drops did not help. Obviously, when you're under that kind of pressure, we don't know officially uh, what kind of pressure percentage it is, but I would guess it's at least over 45%. Um, at halftime, Chris Rim said that it was at 52% or something like that. So uh, the Jets were getting a, a ton of pressure, you know, on on Justin Herbert. The, the Chargers offensive line had some uh, some issues again. But, you know, I, I think the one thing we can always count on with Herbert is he's such a good decision maker. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, he had the one bad throw. But that's that's one thing that you absolutely cannot do against this Jets defense is, is turn the ball over. And that's what has kept them alive over the past few games against these other quarterbacks. You know, Josh Allen had two interceptions and a fumble and Jalen Hurts threw three interceptions against them. And, you know, the Jets were averaging, I think, 2.6 takeaways at home per game. And so, you know, Herbert having basically one turnover-worthy play, you know, uh, obviously he recovered the fumble. But, um, you know, this, mm -hmm. this was not a great performance from Justin Herbert, but it was the right performance, I think. You know, protect the football – manage the game, make plays when you have them and just take what, take the chances that you can. I think this is a game where Justin Herbert just kind of shows that how 
consistent and reliable he can be, even if he's not going to, you know, light up the scoreboard by any means. Yeah, I was worried that going into this one that just, you know, the season's kind of on the line. You got to get something going. You don't have Josh Palmer. You don't have Mike Williams. Like, oh, I got to force something. I got to force maybe a bit more than usual. And he didn't. He did a really good job of avoiding those negative plays. And, you know, it worked out enough. They just kept chipping away. Yeah. So they scored. I mean, I know they scored another touchdown. But if we take away the touchdown, that was sort of a gift, you know, two yards out. They scored 13 as a team. Yeah. On offense. On offense. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, they could have maybe scored more if they were trying to do anything in the fourth quarter. But yeah, the no turnovers, as Anderson points out, was huge. Yeah. 100%. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hey, what's up, Chargers fans? Make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before NFL games, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before Chargers kickoff. Hey, it's Tyler from the Guilty as Charged podcast. I'm here to talk about prize picks. Prize picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. Watch your progress update in real time, win up to 25 times your entry amount, and cash out your winnings with quick scoring, settling, and withdrawals. PrizePix offers frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Players can enjoy community-wide promotions, including weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. I've loved using prize picks so far. This week's I've got Justin Herbert with more than 284.5 passing yards and Keenan Allen with more than 82.5 receiving yards. To make your selections, go to prizepicks.com guilty and use code guilty for our first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com guilty and use code guilty for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, guys, uh, we'll get to some of these super chats, some of these comments in here. So if you are uh, wanting to ask us a question before we head out tonight, we always appreciate the super chats, uh, specifically from uh, Miss Andrea Shoon. This game just made my week. Can't wait to see them play on Sunday. 
we will be there on Sunday as well. So it mm -hmm. should be a lot of fun. Um, making the trip down to uh, see the Lions game. This is a game that I had circled uh, all pretty much ever since the schedule came out. So I'm excited to get down to SoFi and uh, see a game in person. Yeah, going to be fun. I'm so glad. You know, when you get tickets for something, you want it to at least be a good game or at least the Chargers to still be in it. And, you know, if they lost tonight, yeah. you kind of just kind of walk into that stadium and put a smile on, but you might be flushing the money. At least with this one, you know, the, the Lions look good. They have momentum. Chargers have momentum. So it should be a good one. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. Um, all right. Uh, Joe Alexander, TT apology was a burying the hatchet moment for the defense. Finally, like that, they had passion for the coach and the team loved Joey's game. I think it's a good way of putting it. And there were a lot of people um, that took that, you know, apology a certain way. But I think he was apologizing on behalf of everybody and just voicing what the organization felt at that time. And I think a lot of uh, what you're trying to get out of these players is for them to play free, for them to play confident. And I think we're seeing more of that. You know, we're seeing the celebration committee come out and we're seeing these uh, guys just really come together, I think, after a really tough stretch of, of games against the, uh, the Chiefs and the Cowboys. So, um, you know, I, I think this is a good one. And then we talked about Joey's game earlier. Uh, I would say easily his best game since probably the, the Bills game in 2020. Man, um, I'd have to think of the Chargers schedule last season. There was a 2021 game in there, too, but... Uh, I mean, he didn't play much last year. Right, right, right. Okay, let's do it. Chargers 2021 schedule. Yeah, I mean, that Bills game is probably his best pure stats game. Both Bills games could go down. He's like six sacks in those two games. Sure. Yeah, let's call it his best one since that game. I can't think of another one. I'm sure there's a a good game in 2021, but he was double teamed like crazy that year, so... But tonight, it was just fantastic. Mm -hmm. yeah, he was um, awesome. Joe Cruz here. The national media showed the Chargers zero respect. How do you guys handle that? They really disrespect our head coach and our QB. It has been bad. Your thoughts? So the, the, the pregame against the Cowboys was basically like all Cowboys coverage. And like <laughs> they even spent like yeah. a half hour talking about Stephen A. Smith's beef with Cowboys fans, which was yep. ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, tonight they talked a lot more about the Chargers, but it was a lot more of a negative sense. You know, mm -hmm. uh, RG3 was pointing out that Justin Herbert uh, leads the league in fourth corner interceptions or whatever. And Marcus Spears was pointing out how bad the defense is. And like all of them picked the Jets tonight. So, I I tend not to care much about the national media and what they say about the team, uh, honestly, because I just so many of these national media folks are are jaded by biases and jaded by not watching the games and not watching tape. Not to say that those guys specifically don't watch tape, but I I, I tend to not really consume much national media because they just like I I don't think that many of the national media members are doing the homework. You know, I think if you want real like national media chargers takes i think you should listen to the ringer i think you should listen to the athletic football show mm -hmm. because those are guys that are actually like doing homework and watching the games and and looking at the numbers and things like that if you're going to ask me to go sit and watch an, uh, an fs1 show or an espn show talk about the chargers i'm probably just not going to do it <laughs> 
No, unfortunately, and I don't, I don't, have, you know, cable anymore, and I don't really watch anymore. I just get the clips or like the the one clip yeah. out on on Twitter where it's like, look at the dumb thing this person said. Yeah, that's kind of the extent of it for me. But still, you can tell there are just some people who want to say the three things that anger Chargers fans, and they're completely incorrect or off base or don't make sense. And we're still going by stats that were maybe relevant ten years ago. We've moved past some of those, you know. You got to evolve and they haven't. And why are the ratings going down? Oh my God. I can't imagine why. <laughs> so yeah, but it was, it was strange to see everyone pick the jets. I was surprised you know, like, by that. Yeah. Like, like really, you know, of course, yeah, I think, I think it was about three to two for us. Um, you and I picked the jets and Katzen picks the jets to win. I think uh, the we five of us. Chargers, and then I'm sorry, Alex, chargers. Yes. Alex Insdorf and Arjun picked the jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get there being like some hesitation, but to just completely pick the Jets, I don't know. Maybe it was a vibes going to MetLife sort of thing. Yeah, I just think so much of national media is is narratives and biases, and they're not they're not doing the homework. So I don't, I don't, I don't really care. Uh, it's a shame to see Scott Van Pelt fall into that trap as well because I actually really like Scott Van Pelt. Mm. Uh, Charles Oglesby had a, a super sticker and then he also had this other uh, one here. Can we please get a running back who is a threat four plus yards per carry on the ground, not just in the pass game? I think they have one of those guys. They should use him more than three <laughs> carries a game and see what happens. Yeah, that one. I mean, yeah, he literally finished with six yards per carry in this game. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't know what happened, you know, because he's like the only positive run you've like really big run you've had in a while against the chiefs and he looked really good on that run and the one where he bounced out to the right and then it's like eh. <laughs> you know let's let's get it to eckler more i guess it just it clearly is not working eckler had the big run that was awesome there were moments he looked really really good as a runner much better but it feels like 90 percent of the time it is just not the same uh and i Eckler's a receiver, no problem. Eckler on the tosses looked better, but just trying to get those four or five yards downhill, that's all Kelly, man. And he looks so much better doing that tonight, even though he had, you know, two runs up the middle. Yeah. So heading into tonight, since Eckler returned, uh, he had 43 rush attempts to Joshua Kelly's 14. After tonight, that is now 57 to 16. So the gap is even bigger than it was heading into today i just like i i think there's a world where these two should be coexisting and kellamore is just not getting to that point which is so surprising because everything he did in dallas was like outside of maybe his first year when ezekiel was still elite but it was it was two running backs like meshing together and i'm just surprised that joshua kelly is playing so well and he's just not getting the football and it's just in a game like tonight in a game like the bears those are games where Joshua Kelly should be getting eight to 12 carries at minimum. He's yeah. your hammerhead. He's your physical guy. He's your grinded out guy. And they're not even using him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Troy Aikman gets on, on the broadcast when the Chargers had that final three and out where they're just three straight runs. And Troy Aikman's like, yeah, I really like that strategy of just running out the clock. I'm like, <laughs> okay, but use the, use the run it out clock. Use the, or use the run it out running back. Like let mm-hmm. Joshua Kelly get those touches. It's just, it's just a little confusing. And Austin Eckler is, one of my favorite chargers ever. I think he's a fantastic player overall, but like 
that's not him. That's Joshua Kelly's role. Like that's literally what you have him for. And I just, mm -hmm. I don't understand the usage there. Yeah. And you know, as Everett points out, Eckler might not be a hundred percent yet. That's potentially sure. true. Sure. Which is another reason why you should give it to Joshua Kelly. Yes. Who by all accounts is fine. You know, maybe even Eckler is getting there, but you know, when, when you're up by 21, you're this far into the fourth quarter, just, just give it to Kelly or Darius Davis or jet sweep or something. I don't know. You know, I don't see the need to continue to add more carries to Austin Eckler's plate. Yeah, Jesse with another super chat here. Kelly needs more touches. That is all. Yeah. I think it just it just makes things easier for you because Joshua Kelly is playing so well. And I think this is this doesn't have to be a slide on Austin Eckler who who had two touchdowns tonight. He had a great run, um, a much better performance today than uh on the ground, at least than previously. Mm -hmm. But both of these guys should be coexisting. Uh, again, you're you're winning 20 to six like that's prime joshua kelly time and i just i don't understand why that's not happening so mm -hmm. um I, I think that's an element of kellen moore ideally needing to kind of look at things and see what's really happening here and, and how much more effective the run game can be with with joshua kelly because you're gonna see some more great pass rushes down the road here um you know it's not like this is gonna get any easier like you still have to block aiden hutchinson next week um, Jeez. you know, the Packers are not great uh, as, as a team, but they have two great edge rushers in Rashawn Gary yep. and, and Preston Smith. And mm -hmm. you know, you have the Ravens after that with Kyle Van Noy playing amazing and Jadamian Clowney and, hey. and all those guys. And it's just you, you gotta be able to run the football. And I was hoping that like tonight and last week they'd kind of like workshop some things and get Joshua Kelly going, and and they're just not doing it. So I, I'm hopeful that that does change. I think that uh kelly needs more touches like it really is that simple for me mm -hmm. and the, we didn't hit kyle lemus's same sort of thing you know what's yeah. happening with eckler drop passes no drive when he breaks through the line just feels like he's not the same guy this year why not give kelly more opportunities funny i didn't expect the super chats to be going this way today but i agree <laughs> with all of you man like we talked about it and at this point you know i did my members only video i posted on twitter like seven notable rushing stats all lean towards kelly and today is another example of that. Um, you know, Eckler again with the big run. But yeah, I, I just don't get it. And you're going to play some really good teams where you got to run it and you need Kelly to do it. So unless you're thinking for some reason he's going to be your December back, you know, and that you're going to ride into the postseason, I, I see no reason why you can't just start it now. Yeah. Uh, Eckler not being the same guy. I don't know. I mean, he had two like amazing screen plays last week. I, I think the explosiveness and the contact balance is still there. He had a great moment tonight, uh, a couple really big runs at the goal line. So I think Eckler's still a good player. Like this is not an anti Austin Eckler take. I just think that you need both of these guys going forward. Yeah. You can't, you cannot set up third or third and long second and eight every single time and expect to win. I love this. Make the transition. I'm back from the appointment. I got a girlfriend and we won. Let's go. Congratulations and uh, welcome back. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, that's an awesome comment and congrats, man, for, for sure. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. That it's, it's like three for three. And the funny <laughs> thing is, like, yeah, I, I bet you right now you're the happiest that the Chargers won. I bet you that is like the number one <laughs> in the rankings. Uh, it just hits different, you know? Yeah. Oh man, I love it. Uh, welcome back. Sincerely appreciate that uh, the service and the comment for sure. Um, all right. Uh, unless anybody else has some uh, super chats or comments that you want to get to, Tyler, uh, we'll uh, kind of wrap up the show tonight. 
Yeah, I think we're good there. We'll, we'll get jump into this more on the Chargers channel dropping on Wednesday, I believe. Yes. So, yeah, we'll get into all that, review it, review the stats, pray for one 15-minute section of film, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully the film can uh, drop early tomorrow and we can uh, get to some of it. Um, I guess one final thing here um, from the offensive perspective, Jalen Guyton played 33 snaps tonight. was certainly mm. more than I thought he would be playing tonight. I uh, kind of felt like he was their wide receiver three and then Simi Foloko was kind of like their blocker pretty much was, was the vibe I got, but uh, we'll see what, what, uh, what the film says about Jalen guy. And obviously he didn't have any catches or anything like that, but uh, just good to see him back out there, man. Uh, I know, you know, that recovery could not have been fun for him. Uh, you know, an ACL lasting over a year, over a year long is, is, is not pretty typical these days. So I'm just glad that he's healthy and uh, back out there. Yeah, it's going to take a bit, you know, people were like, oh, Guyton doesn't look the same. But like, yeah, he literally just got back out there. Yeah. He says he's 100%, but there's an aspect of, you know, all this he's got to go through. Um, Kellen Moore has no idea. I don't mean like this in a bad way, but he hasn't used him. You know, so he's got to now integrate him into this offense. And how do you change things? How do you do different things? Yeah. But I, I was definitely surprised at the number of snaps that he had tonight. Yeah, and uh, I guess one final positive: uh, Chargers were healthy uh, coming out of MetLife. It's been a, yeah. a, a huge issue at that stadium for several other teams, uh, but was really good to see the Chargers avoid any major injuries tonight. Yeah, I can't think of one. Herbert's finger was kind of banged up here and there, but that was it. I think Will Clapp like hurt his hand a little bit, but mm. that was like it. Cool. So man, it was a uh, it was a fun night. Two blowouts in a row. Uh, don't don't see this very often for the Chargers. So um, they'll get a you know much needed uh, flight back to the flight back to Los Angeles. That's a fun flight back instead of a painful flight back. So um, hopefully the Chargers can turn this into into a, a legitimate run. So the Chargers are four and four. They are back in the playoff hunt after two big wins on prime time against the Bears and the Jets. Uh, like Tyler said, we'll have more on the Chargers channel tomorrow where we'll be able to kind of take a step back from today and uh, see what's up. So I uh, appreciate everybody for tuning in tonight. Appreciate, uh, obviously, the performance that the Chargers put on. Uh, talking about wins <laughs> is a lot more fun than talking about losses. We we do enjoy talking about wins, especially uh, multi-touchdown wins. So mm. it's, been a, it's been a good night for sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, big one next week, man. You win next week and... Save me a spot on the train, guys. Save me a spot on the train. <laughs> Listen, man, uh, if you if this Chargers team beats the Lions next week, three-game win streak, that does a lot of a uh, lot of confidence boosting for uh, people around the country as well as the fan base. I think the players as well. So uh should be fun. I I'm really excited for that game. A lot of fun matchups. You know, we'll get to see Thule against Panay Sewell. We'll get to see uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, see how the Chargers handle him. You know, it's going to be going to be a fun one. Uh, really, really excited to see mm -hmm. uh, Kellen Moore versus Ben Johnson. Should be fun. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, make sure like the like the video, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. Um, we'll be back live here on Saturday for our usual show. Um, we'll have our Wednesday show and Thursday show published, uh, but we'll be back live on Saturday for our usual wrap up and uh, Q and a period. So um, that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good rest of your night as always bolt up.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.